Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Associate Pastor Henry Coates. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from the first letter of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 21 in the New Testament section of our Red Bibles, beginning on page 23. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your words is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what we say to us today, knowing that nothing can separate us from our Redeemer's love. Amen. First John, chapter four, verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God 
must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the word of the God. Thanks be to God. So earlier this week, I was out to lunch with my wife up on Davis Street, eating near the post office in this little hole in the wall called Cozy Noodle. Have any of you heard of it? Have any of you been there before? Yeah, it's a pretty good place. You, you go in there and, and they sit you down and the first thing you notice is stuff. Stuff everywhere. License plates from all over the, all over the country. Thousands of bobbleheads and Pez dispensers. They have dozens upon dozens of these old vintage lunch boxes and portable radios from back as early as the 1930s. And then, and then there, there are the quotes. Now, Cozy Noodle is a cool place and there's great food there, but there's a lot of quotes. I'd call them inspirational. Now look, I'm not against a good inspirational quote now and again, but this place has way too many for my taste. It was slightly overwhelming to me. Life is not measured by the breaths you take, but by the moments that take your breath away. Dance like no one is watching, sing like no one is listening, and live each day like it's the last. When the world says, give up, hope whispers, try it one more time. Now look, the sentiment here is not bad. But when they're nearly everywhere you look, it's a bit much. It's like you're surrounded by cliché. And cliché, by the very nature of the thing, is a bit trite. It's a bit dull. Good insight robbed by its predictability and over-sentimental familiarity. Cliché loses its power because it is familiar, overdone, played out. God is love is an incredible insight, a declaration of the reality of the universe and he who is at the center of it all. It is the truth of how things are. But it gets thrown around so often that it too can begin to sound cliche. Because what does love mean anymore? The word love gets thrown around a lot. I love my dog. I love my cats. I love my wife. I love powerlifting. I love the way a good pair of jeans feel. I love walking around in flip-flops, gym shorts, and a t-shirt. I love chai lattes from Starbucks. I love candy. I love football, bacon, books about war, Beethoven, Bach, Bruce Springsteen. I love Metallica. I really love the Beatles. You know what they used to sing a lot about? All you need is love. God is love. But what does that even mean? 
And what if it were true? Let's crack our Bibles back open to 1 John 4, 7 through 21, and try to make some sense of these three beguiling words that can border on the cliché. I'm waiting for you all to open your Bible now. Now that's 1 John 4. First takeaway from this passage, love is a big deal. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now I'm struck that this passage begins with the author exhorting us to love one another. His whole point of telling us that God is love is so that we will love each other. It has its own logic. Love one another because love is from God. And oh, by the way, if you don't love each other, you don't know God because God is love. As one commentary I read on this passage put it, if God is love, and if that love is known, then his love will flow through the life of the believer. To know God is to know love, and to know love is to show love. Without showing love, there is no knowing love, and there is no knowing God. Look at verse 7. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. See, love is the family resemblance. If it's not there, well, it's not born of God. Take a look at the front of your bulletin. You see those words on the cover? That's the mission statement of our church. First Presbyterian Church of Evanston exists to know Christ. And I'm going to stop right there. To know Christ is to love one another because God is love. Now, it's not the same as loving a chai tea latte. This love we are called to have for each other is something far more profound, shocking even. Why? Because it's reflected in the very nature of God. Not only is God the source of love, God is love. Love flows out of God's essential being. To say that God is love is to make a profound statement about the nature of God. It's an absolute claim that goes well beyond treating love as simply one of God's attributes, like, say, mercy or grace. Now, God is merciful, yes. God is gracious, yes. But the Bible never says God is mercy or God is grace. To quote an old legendary biblical scholar, to say that God is love implies that all his activity is loving activity. If he creates, he creates in love. If he rules, he rules in love. If he judges, he judges in love. All that God does is the expression of God's nature, which is to love. 
God is love. And love, therefore, characterizes all of his activities. God's creating, ruling, judging, revealing, instructing, blessing, disciplining, giving, rebuking, sustaining, and recreating are all done in love. There is nothing God does that does not emanate from his loving nature. Being and act is not separate in the identity of God. And what does God do? Well, look to Jesus, and there you will see God revealed. It's not like the Wizard of Oz, because with God, there is no man behind the curtain. Jesus is God, God in his fullness revealed. How is God love? Because of Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified on the cross of Calvary, and resurrected on the third day. Paul describes it to us in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's the God who is love. John words it this way, starting in verse 9 in our passage. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So why do we love? As verse 19 puts it, we love because he first loved us. So what's this kind of love that we must know, that we are to reflect if we are to know God and be born of Christ? Self-emptying, sacrificial love. Sacrificial love is love in action. It is not mere sentiment or emotional attachment. It is love that considers the need of another and seeks to meet it, even at great personal cost. God's love for us is exactly this, this kind of thing. It is not admiring sentiment or emotional attachment to God's creatures, no. It is a deep commitment to our well-being that comes at a huge cost to God. Our need was to receive life, and Jesus died to secure it. And this is all the more remarkable when we remember that prior to receiving life, our hearts were set against God. The Bible tells us that we were God's enemies, Romans 5, verse 10. Yet, God is love. 
sacrificial love. And what does that look like around here? Two things immediately come to mind. Stewardship is what we do all the time with all we have, with everything God has given us. Reflecting the strategic plan we have embarked to make a reality here, First Prez is committed to engaging in a year-long emphasis of stewardship of our time, our talents, our treasures. A couple weeks ago was Pledge Sunday, where we pledged our finances to the work of Christ here in the church. Now, I'm the associate for steward, stewardship, so I see the numbers coming in. It's remarkable. I want to thank everyone who has pledged up to this point. The amount pledged went up nearly $400 on average. But what really amazed me was this. Nearly everyone under the age of 40 who is actively involved in our church, and this includes our college and graduate students, people who had very little money to their name, they gave. They still gave sacrificially towards the work of Christ here at First Pres. That's love in action. Those people know God. Even if it's $5 a week, so what? They stepped out in love, and who is God? God is love. I say this all to all y'all who might not have pledged yet. It isn't too late to step out in love. You can reach out and get a pledge card from the front desk. Now, your financial pledges go to support things like the quality childcare we offer to those who need it during, children's, uh, during church programs and activities. Every week, we offer an absolutely awesome all-ages women's group here, Nourish. And we offer childcare to all the young moms who would appreciate it. This week, one of our caregivers had to unfortunately call out sick. And you know who got called in at the last minute? This guy. So I like kids. I, I appreciate babies. But I don't have a ton of experience holding them. So I'm in our recently beautifully renovated crib room, the recent renovation being paid for by the legacy giving of faithful men and women in this church's past. So I, I, I'm sitting in the crib room and, I'm, and, and this baby starts crying. Now thank God Gail is in the room with me. Gail is a woman who works at our church at our front desk and also in the crib room. And Gail is a rock star. She is incredible. She does everything she can to make this child stop crying. She, she rocks her. She sings to her. She bounces a ball with her. But nothing is stopping those tears. Not until she whips out her phone, opens up her YouTube app, and starts playing Baby Shark. Now, if you don't know Baby Shark, count yourself blessed. 
It's quite popular among children. Baby shark, do, 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 do. baby shark, do, do, do. And she plays it on repeat. And so the song never ends. But the baby stops crying for the most part. And then another little girl tells Gail that she has to go. She has to go to the bathroom. Now Gail looks at me and, oh, nope. So I take hold of the crying little girl and I go to sit in a rocking chair. And I'm thinking it's only gonna be a minute, but that minute lasts a long time. And the little girl started crying again. So I rocked and rocked and began to sing soft songs and God be praised, the little girl fell asleep. And Gail came back, but, but I couldn't move because I had a sleeping baby in my arms and God forbid I wake her up. So I had to stay very still as I watched Gail do some remarkable acts of love. Some people might think that self-sacrificial love has to be some sort of grand gesture. But that's not it. I saw Gail wipe runny noses of children that weren't her own, change diapers, set out snacks of bananas and Cheerios. She loved on those children, and it was beautiful. She didn't have to do that, but she did. And I thought in that moment, this is how God loves us. Because love does incredible things, both big and small. Love is patient and love is kind. And love never fails. But love is hard. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to admit that love is hard. But take heart. Verse 13 gives us a note of comfort. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. God has gifted us God's Holy Spirit. We may struggle to love, but God doesn't struggle to love us. And through the power of God's Holy Spirit, through Christ who lives in us by the power of that same Spirit, we can do all things, including stepping out in love. My beloved friends, God loves you. God loves you. Jesus died for you so that you might live. So therefore, let us love one another because love is from God, for God is love. All you need is love. And love is all you need. Amen.